It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Vikings on the Locked on Podcast Network, LockedOnVikings.com, often found at ZoneCoverage.com. Subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, include your Twitter handle, get in the running for a pro football focus subscription. Super glad you joined us today. Sage Rosenfels had to call an audible. He'll be back with us later in the week. The Vikings bye week, it is. Also trade deadline week. In the National Football League, and it was actually a pretty busy trade deadline Tuesday. The Buffalo Bills traded draft picks for Kelvin Benjamin of the Carolina Panthers, a third and a seventh. That's made waves around Carolina, and maybe you saw former Viking captain Munderland with the shaking my head tweet after that news dropped. A big Cam Newton weapon going out the door. Though I did read an interesting column from Carolina explaining why this might not be as strange as you think. It's possible Carolina wanted to get more speed at the wide receiver position. Benjamin has had some weight issues. He's had some lingering knee issues. And the speculation there is that maybe Benjamin has peaked already. But on paper, it weakens the Panthers before the Vikings play them in the second half of the season. Although Carolina did go 15-1 without Kelvin Benjamin two years ago. There was almost a big A.J. McCarron trade. The Bengals and Bills had an agreement five minutes before the deadline and allegedly, and this is stranger than fiction, the Cleveland Browns forgot to file the paperwork. Cleveland was celebratory, thinking they had landed a potential quarterback with upside in the Bengals' backup McCarron, and now they are only getting shamed more because of their ineptitude to file the papers on time. Apparently, the Bengals got them in, and the Browns, I don't know if they forgot or what, Maybe too busy patting themselves on the back for the successful trade, but it didn't get done. That's probably the biggest story of trade deadline day is the quarterback trade that didn't happen. The one that did happen was Jimmy Garoppolo going to the San Francisco 49ers for a second round pick, and that's going to be like a 33rd or 34th pick in the draft. So basically giving New England a couple high draft picks. Would New England actually consider packaging some picks and moving up in the draft? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. They'll probably end up trading them both and moving down and just amassing later picks. But at least that creates some intrigue to the second half of the season for San Francisco. They were rolling with Hoyer. They were rolling with C.J. Beathard. But now you've got a legitimate building block in Jimmy Garoppolo. You're 0-8. I'd be surprised if Garoppolo didn't play here in the second half. Shocked, in fact. I'm sure he will. And give Kyle Shanahan a look at what he's got. It's a good thing I didn't do any preseason NFL bets because I think I would have taken San Francisco and the over on their four and a half or five and a half wins, whatever it was. They looked good against the Vikings when the starters were in. Sage has been convincing me for months how valuable Kyle Shanahan is. The new energy from John Lynch seemed to be infectious, but in the end, just a dearth of talent on that team. And there's usually a surprise team every year. They're a team that seems to have no talent, shows up, and shocks you. Even the Vikings of 2012 were that team. This year, it's the Jets. I thought it was going to be the 49ers. Turns out it's the Jets. And to some extent, the Rams. 
The Rams have been rejuvenated with Sean McVay. But you know what division was quiet on the trade deadline? The NFC North. The Bears traded for a wide receiver, Dontrell Inman. No relation to Luke Inman. But the Lions, Packers, Vikings, quiet on the trade front. No blockbusters. Nobody amassing talent to make a run at the Vikings. And Vikings fans are definitely turning into Lions fans on Sunday. The Lions play the Packers. If Detroit wins that game, the Vikings will have a two-game lead going into the second half of the season. If Green Bay wins that game, suddenly they've got that gap closed to one again, and you're looking over your shoulder. And if you want to get caught up on the Packers this week, check out Locked on Packers with Peter Bukowski, who we had on the show prior to the Week 6 game. Very, very insightful. He's done a lot of great writing. Check it out. Locked on Podcast Network. LockedOnPackers.com. Hi, this is David Locke, the CEO of the Locked On Podcast Network. In this crazy, unprecedented, and unnerving time, I know we're all living our lives a little differently. I thought we had some of our sponsors over the time that might be able to help you out. So we've reached out to them to get you specific offers. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the Postmates app, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Anxiety, stress, need something to calm yourself down? The Calm app is available for you. 40% off to our listeners at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. Stuck at home, want fitness? Echelon Fit has been a sponsor of ours. And you can go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. And if you're looking to add some new knowledge and get a little smarter in your free time, Masterclass, or at least your time at home, masterclass.com slash P-E-R is offering 15% off. If you missed any of those, go to lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. That's lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. Thank you very much for tuning in to Lockdown Podcast Network. We hope to be here for you to give you a relief and a respite from all the other news. And thanks very much. Be safe and practice your social distancing. Article I wrote today at zonecoverage.com Four stat sheet takeaways at the Vikings halfway mark, focusing on the defense. And you can check out my story on the offense, which we've alluded to a bit on this show. That's also at zonecoverage.com. But here are the four big defensive takeaways that I'm looking at. Number one, Trey Waynes. Passes defended. I know Trey has his flaws, and I've been hard on him on this show, but I got to give him credit since the Pittsburgh game where I think everyone's kind of vitriol came to a head with Waynes, he's been better. And I think of the one example in that Pittsburgh game when he got a PI on a deep pass over the middle, he jumped on the guy before the ball got there. And Mike Zimmer said he didn't accelerate to his upfield shoulder. Well, I remember in the Bucks game when he had that interception on Jameis Winston, he closed ground properly got behind the receiver, accelerated to his upfield shoulder, made an adjustment, got an interception on the pass, which was underthrown. And he's held up well despite being picked on. According to Pro Football Focus, he's been targeted the fourth most times in the league, 56. And he's on pace for 16 passes defended this year. The only other player in the last 10 years for the Vikings who has more than 16 was Xavier Rhodes in 2014. That was the year that Rhodes was still unproven. Teams were throwing at him a lot. He was handsy. He didn't know how to calibrate his physicality, but he started knocking everything away late in that season. That's when he knew Rhodes was going to be special. I'm not sure Waynes is quite on that same trajectory yet, but he's getting there. 
and he's still gotten burned one, two, three times a game, but more often than not, he's holding his ground. Point number two, Eric Kendricks tackling. He has 62 tackles at the halfway point of the season on pace for 124. He's on pace for back-to-back 100-tackle seasons. He's on track to be the team's leading tackler three years in a row. And he's on pace for the most tackles since Chad Greenway in 2013. And I write in the article how impressive it was to look back at the numbers Greenway put up. From 2010 to 2013, he was averaging 145 tackles a year. And a lot of that, I think, is because teams are throw- our teams ran it a little more then. They're throwing it so much now. And Greenway was a beast in the run game. Hendricks, though, is better on the edges than Greenway. He gets he gets to those short passes wonderfully. With a couple exceptions, his tackling has been very good this season. He's strong against the run as the mic, and he can sniff out those pass plays on the outside as well. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Everson Griffin sack total. He's on pace for 20. He would become the third Viking to ever accomplish it the 12th player all-time to accomplish it, and all it would take would be one big sack game, maybe three in a game, for him to get on pace for an NFL record of 23. He's definitely going to shatter his career high of 12, and how long will that sack streak continue? He's tied for the Vikings record right now with eight consecutive games with a sack, but it's not like he's just hunting sacks and losing his integrity in the run game. Pro Football Focus has him as 10th, in run-stop percentage, and he also leads the league in pressures off the right defensive end spot. Safe to say he's justified that contract. And how about one negative? Just to nitpick a little bit, Brian Robison, he's had a quiet year, and that's understandable. One sack, three tackles is all he has this year, on track for career lows in both categories. The previous three years under Mike Zimmer, 84% of snaps in 2014, 84% in 2015, 81% last year, down to 63 this year. Now that Daniil Hunter is getting the lion's share of the work. Robinson's not getting as many advantageous rush chances anymore. And when he gets in there, he's oftentimes in an inside rush position, which is a little bit tougher to get numbers doing. I'd still be confident, though, if Hunter or Griffin missed a game, I I still think that Brian Robinson would fill in and do very well if called upon and he's still a good locker room guy he's still a good influence on that defensive line keep him around locked on vikings locked on podcast network check out lockdownvikings.com our new fanreg sports affiliate all the shows posted there great content at fanreg and we should have that lockdown vikings website with some original vikings content up at some point be on the watch for that Finally, my Thursday night pick, Bills at Jets is the matchup. Buffalo favored by three on the road at New York. I mentioned how surprising the Jets have been this year, and even so, they are three and five. But the last three have been really competitive against some pretty good teams. They lost by seven to the Patriots. They lost by three at the Dolphins, and they lost by five against the Falcons. I believe they covered the spread in all three of those games. Now they are hosting the Bills. I'm going to take the home underdog Jets to cover the plus three in tomorrow's Thursday night game. We had one last word out of Winter Park yesterday. Mike Zimmer gave his final press conference before dispersing for the bye week. 
He didn't have much to say about the quarterback situation. He said that he hopes they're able to activate Teddy Bridgewater, but that does not mean that Teddy Bridgewater will be the starter. That decision will come later. Maybe the biggest takeaway was that he said he assumed Sam Bradford had a one-week injury, quote-unquote, and he never expected it to last this long. I don't think anyone did. Where's Sam at? I saw Sam yesterday in the indoor facility playing catch. Didn't see any mobility, just saw him standing there throwing about 10, 15 yards. The fact that he hasn't been IR'd tells you that the team clearly is still holding out some hope. They believe he might be week to week. The conundrum with activating Bridgewater is that then you've got four quarterbacks on your roster. The Vikings don't want to lose Kyle Sloter. And a couple people were whispering on Twitter that they got calls to trade for Kyle Sloter, and the Vikings said no. So if they value Sloter, clearly they value Keenum, and they don't want to, at the moment, end Bradford's season by IRing him because that would take him out of commission for the rest of the year. So can you have four quarterbacks on your roster? Four. Vikings could probably swing it. They recently signed Mac Brown, an additional running back, young kid out of Florida, sort of like how they brought in Stephen Ridley a few weeks ago and then cut him within the week. That's probably your most expendable roster spot. And obviously, I think you would rather have the quarterback flexibility than running back flexibility. So four quarterbacks on the roster wouldn't shock me for the Vikes. I also wouldn't be shocked by whatever the Vikings decide to do with the starting job. If they kept it with Keenum, couldn't blame them for that. If they switched to Bridgewater, couldn't blame them for that. They want to see what they have in the kid. If they went back to Bradford, if they felt he was healthy, couldn't blame them for that. There is such a, It's such a fascinating study, though, in the human psyche and the concept of recency bias. When you hear people talk about the QB situation, Sam Bradford was basically the second coming after his first game this season. And after watching him for one half against Chicago, I think a lot of people have soured on Sam Bradford. People like Case Keenum because he's been behind a number of Vikings wins. Whether or not he's been the reason behind those wins, I, I can't say that. But people like the results and they like the guy who's engineering them. I will say this, though. From my perspective, it's been very refreshing to have a quarterback who's very unlikely to get sacked, who can scramble, make some plays, and isn't hijacking any drives with sacks. Gives you a much better chance on third down. Sam Bradford struggles on third down passing. Personally, I'd give a slight edge to, to Keenum slash Bridgewater over Bradford. I think this team, if you are going to bring back one of your injured quarterbacks, I think it's more prudent to see what you have in Bridgewater. He's got more of a chance to be a long-term answer. And as disappointing as it is for Bradford, he may be in his final months in purple. That's our show for today. Locked on Vikings, Locked on Podcast Network, and we'll get Sage back later this week. Have a good day. Hey, Locked on Minnesota listeners. This is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked on Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Lockdown Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Lockdown Wild to your device every day.